Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to an all-new episode of Talking Terror. I am your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode where we're going to be covering the Demonic Dr. Day's film pick of the week, Microwave Massacre, directed by Wayne Berwick from 1983. So stay tuned for that little tasty tidbit later on in the show. I'm sure we have a whole lot to say about it. But as always, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Govi Keith. What up, everybody? Hello, hello. What is going on this evening? Coming to you live from Talking Terror Kitchen. We'll have our chef's hats on. We're all about to try this new microwave. It's going to be some sexy good times coming from Talking Terror Studio. And as always, we're joined mm-hmm. by the, can't wait, the psychotic Simeon himself, the mad <laughs> monkey, the prince of my Morris day. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to him. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yes. This tonight's episode in the Talking Terror Kitchen. We are going to be making up some wicked morsels. Yes, we are, my lovely. That's well, cool you tried it. Nice. Why is she so hysterical? It's cool you child in the kitchen. I thought you were doing like a Hindu impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was not doing that in any way, shape, or form. That would be totally inappropriate for this show. But I believe you we can take have a visit. But I believe we do have the demonic Dr. Dave on hold on the line. One moment for customer service. <laughs> I would like to talk to you about your car's warranty. <laughs> Do you, sir, have house insurance, sir? <laughs> My name is computer Al. plugged in. <laughs> Check the modem, sir. Check the modem and see if it is currently running, sir. My name is Al. <laughs> Doc, welcome Hi, back. Doc. Good evening. This is what happens when you leave, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know I I don't even know what's going on right now. Um, I'm just Hello, going everybody. To, to wait patiently until it's time to do talking terror. Bollywood terror. So welcome back. Glad to have you. Thank I, you I, I, for I, hello, hello, everybody. How's everybody doing out there tonight? <laughs> living the dream, oh. baby. Living the dream. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, that is a doc that you hear. It is his pick for tonight. Uh, do you it gentlemen have anything you want to talk about before we get into horror news with the doc? Oh, there are so many things to talk about. Uh, the world of horror is just percolating with so much news and excitement. Like NECA figures? <laughs> Like what? <laughs> Always. It's NCA talk. No. <laughs> well, no, while we no have a scene. second here, you know, I'll bring up the fact that 
Anybody listening should go check out the Theater of Terror. That is theater, yep. spelled in the fancy way, the R before the E. Theater of <laughs> Terror, and help donate to our friend's mission to create a sequel to the very popular Theater of Terror 1, an anthology of fantastical proportions. Those are the guys well, you had out last week, right? I didn't realize yeah. that was uh, Todd Sarooch, right, Cool? That's it. Yeah, he's, I met that guy at the convention. That's the horror nerd, Todd Sarooch, right? That's him. Yeah, it was a nice guy. <laughs> Very nice guy. Very nice to donate to them as well to get that anthology off the ground. So mm-hmm. I know, Doc, you're so excited to talk about what's going on in the world of horror, so let's hit it from the Talking Terror News. Well, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of uh, brief items that I want to touch on. Uh, I was unable to uh, make the show last week, unfortunately. But apparently... Uh, Chris Rock's upcoming Saw movie, apparently, according to Chris Rock, is going to be Saw on steroids. Uh, Rock will be playing a detective who's investigating a series of grisly crimes. Uh, Samuel Hmm. L. Jackson will be playing his father, and there will be an amped-up level of deviously treacherous traps, clever clues, and edge of the seat suspense. You can buy the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Doc, uh, we, we talked about the trailer last week. Did you have a chance to check it out yet? I did check it out. So what did you think of the trailer, man? I mean, it played like a trailer for a Saw movie. There's this interesting twist because you have Chris Rock, and you have Samuel L. Jackson, who's probably going to say motherfucker 25 times. Um, True. Motherfucker. I mean, I'll probably, I'm sure I won't be running out to see this in the movie theater. I will, I'll be looking forward to checking it out at some point, just out of sheer curiosity. You don't often think of Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. You don't ever think of Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson in the realm of horror. So I'll be curious to see what, what this has become. Uh, what about to, to, think, <laughs> to, well, yeah. to think of and glass. I mean, the most recent, the most recent Saw movie is split. You know, not that long into the past, so to you know be getting this reboot treatment so soon is curious. I'm, I'm you know, I'm curious. I mean, I'm not yeah. like dying yeah. to see it or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'll definitely be checking that when it hits theaters. Definitely invested in that way. Just because uh, excuse me to get out to the theater and see a new song. But can't be any worse than Jigsaw, because that was uh, the pinnacle of that. <laughs> as long as it's not like that mm-hmm. one, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> uh, again, though, it's like going back to it. It also gave me a, a lot of vibes like um, from Seven. I was I was getting a lot of that feel from it as well, just from the trailer. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a weird kind of David Fincher 7 vibe. Definitely got that mm. at some points in that trailer. So I mean, we'll see when it comes out uh, later on this year. So that's something to stay tuned for. Spiral from the Book of Saw. With Chris Rock and motherfucking Samuel Jackson. He gets paid by the motherfucker. <laughs> now I keep forgetting here. This isn't a reboot, right? This is still taking place within the universe of Saw. Yeah, right, as reboot. far as I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is a reboot. See, I thought it was a complete just... Yeah, no, it's not a sequel. It's a reboot. 
Um, apparently, okay. uh, from what you can see in the uh, Google, you saw the trailer, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, you know, there's some like red spiral imagery. There's some talk of these grisly crimes, but but it is it's a it's a reboot. So, huh. um, you know, I have since yeah. seen some other images, and there is an image of like, or maybe it, maybe it was in the trailer. So correct me if I'm, I'm misremembering. Uh, but there's a scene where I saw a photograph where it's in the trailer where you see Chris Rock, like, you know, chained to the wall, and he's yeah. holding the hacksaw in his hand, and he's, like, looking at him at, at his chained part, and he's looking at the hacksaw. I guess it, this is in the trailer. So, I mean, yep. that harkens back right to the very first Saw movie. So, uh, so yeah, but this, but this is a reboot. I've always read this as being uh, a reboot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's weird to have a reboot but then have callbacks to the original material you know, and have the spirals and then call it from the book of Saw, which makes me think that it's a, a continuation of the series, but we'll have to wait and see, you know, what they do with it. I just think calling it that, uh, you're kind of insinuating that it's going to be a part of this universe, but maybe they are going to do a whole new thing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Doc, what else you got, man? Uh, did we cover on the show? Uh, we might have covered it, but I, I'm pretty sure that I was I, – well, I know as a fact if it was covered, I was not on the show. But did you guys cover the Puppet Master uh, Littlest Hey, uh, just uh, – okay, let me just uh, – let me clear this up real quick. This is not a reboot. This is taking place within the world of Saw. This is considered okay, the ninth installment go. of the franchise, and it is uh, – they're taking charge of an investigation that are eer- eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. So it sounds oh, like this so is just simply taking place in the world of Saw itself. Okay, so confirmation right there. All right. So it is a continuation, not a reboot. There it is. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Widow was right. Yes, we did cover it on the show. That was a, a pick right, of mine so, that we covered. So, apparently, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not one of them, but they are well, they announced know. that they are <laughs> they're, they're doing a you know, uh, uh, a format long thought dead, but they are doing a VHS release of Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. Um, uh, RJ Ellen Entertainment <laughs> and Fangoria are teaming up for this release. Uh, they are, there is only going to be a, a, a run of 100 copies. Uh, they went on sale, and again, I have this. I have this note from last week. So uh, they went on sale uh, this past Friday, uh, the seventh at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and apparently, this VHS thing uh, with this company is like a thing because this entertainment company has also put uh, Terrifier, Victor Crowley, and uh, Yoga Hosers on limited VHS runs. So apparently, I guess uh, people are into VHS again. A hundred, a hundred. That's no, that's uh, Osborne. Osborne. Yeah, my guns are roses. That's that's true. My bad. So Doc, so so Doc, was there a price tag on this VHS? Uh, I didn't see any price tag. Hmm, that's troubling. (laughs) Only a (laughs) hundred. Probably going to be pretty pricey. Only a hundred times. Yeah, I mean, I'd like, say I'd probably go for 100 if I had to guess. I mean, that's for the serious collector. You know, RLJ, uh, they release those movies, like I said, on these limited uh, VHSs because people collect VHS. 
still, you know, people are collectors out there that collect yeah. these, these tapes, and it makes it good for the collection. I can't afford them, you know, but it, it's nice. You know, yeah, yeah, pulling, up, pulling up some information uh, right now to answer uh, all the pressing questions. So mm. I, I uh, do still Mike, have my VH. I still do have my VCR though. <laughs> there you go. It's a hot commodity. <laughs> so. Uh, the Littlest Reich was released uh, in a clamshell VHS package, uh, 100 copies. Uh, it was on sale for just $15 and is completely sold out. Ooh, 15 oh. bucks. Nice. Look at that. <laughs> Only 100 of them. That's a steal. <laughs> I would have bought that. Mm. If I had known about it, I would have bought it for 15 bucks. That's what it's on the home court. Put that shit in my hand. Omi, Omi, oh. Oh, it must be a very popular commodity. There are currently (laughs) currently zero copies on eBay. I was expecting to like pull it up on eBay and see it for like a hundred bucks or something, but I'm not seeing anything on eBay for the littlest right. You don't know anybody that bought it. Yeah, I don't know if anybody would put that up on eBay. You know, I don't know if it's that popular of a thing. You know, maybe if it was a, a, a bigger movie like Halloween or something like that, it's a limited edition VHS copy. Maybe. They yeah, but like, the right. just the fact that, like, there's, I'm sure there's people out there, like, just the fact that, like, oh, uh, you know, I have to have this just because I'll be only one of 100 people, uh, and that'll make That's me true. feel special. Yeah. As well mm-hmm. as people that are horror collectors in the collector in the collector universe that maybe heard about this and see this as an opportunity for something uh like if you can get a copy that you don't care about but you can get a copy and flip it uh whether you know through ebay or you bring it to uh you know a convention and you put it on your table at a markup uh you know there's plenty of people out there that are that are doing that shit all the time too um, i'm that way when it comes to steelbooks you know when these movies come out on steelbook even if i have a copy of it i'll buy it because the steelbook cover art's pretty cool and it just looks cool Ta-da. on the shelf when you pull it out <laughs> yeah. I'm a steelbook guy. There's plenty of, I mean, I have like four or five copies of Halloween. I have a bunch of copies of Night of the Living Dead, all different kind of cover arts, basically the same extras. But just got to get it because it's a new one. You know, it's a new edition. It's got the new cover art. So in a way, I'm a collector in that sense. But mm, I'm, I take a hard pass on that. Well, I get it. I mean, so that's, I, that's, know, just I mean, that's just me. That's just me. That's just yeah. me. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm a guy that likes cool shit too, though. You know, just so I could show it out. Be like, look at this new cover art from Night of the Living Dead. Ain't cool. Look at my Leatherface Tiki mug. Nobody else has one. I got one. <laughs> Man, that Tiki mug was cool as hell. I, right? Like, uh, so, sorry, I, I got to interrupt here. Yeah, it's like that Tiki mug was cool. Uh, King, you, you picked up this cool piece of swag. Can you talk about it for just a quick second? Well, the, uh, the Geeky Tiki, which is uh, branded Tiki mugs that they've made for a couple of horror icons like Ghostface from Scream, uh, Annabelle from Annabelle Comes Home. They got a Leatherface one, they have a Freddy Krueger one, and a Jason one. But they're all really cool, very deep uh, tiki mugs that just look so badass. And I also picked up a Toonie Terror of Leatherface that came with a uh, backdrop place card. Looks like the entranceway of the hallway with all the skulls and the red paint. <laughs> I have officially, I have a Toonie Terror in my house. I've been wanting one for a while. Oh, so uh, where'd you score the tiki mugs? That's at FYE. That you could buy those. They actually do a great job with the horror mm-hmm. merchandise. So if you're, uh, if you're a horror fan, if you're a collector, you're looking to spend a couple bucks, go to FYE because they have a ton of shit from blankets to figures to, you know, uh, teddy bear looking kind of figures like um, it. Uh, Pennywise the Clown comes in a plush that you could buy. They have throw blankets, t shirts, hats, 
we got a ton of shit. I was actually surprised. Like, there's a lot of money I can spend here. I'm not. <laughs> just, but... just, just take my money. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, like, I gotta go. I, you know, I don't have that much money. I'm mm. gonna buy this shit. I'm gonna get out. <laughs> you know. And then I drank the shit out of that mug on Saturday night. I poured my whole 40 <laughs> ounces beers in there. I was just have, living life, loving large. So, this one. I love that. This one goes out to my homie. <laughs> Got to pour one out for Bubba Sawyer, the Sawyer's family, y'all. <laughs> so, Doc. Okay. Sorry, Doc. Moving on. Moving on. So, documentary filmmaker Alejandro O. Felipe, uh, who mm-hmm. has had some pretty successful documentaries, uh, one called The People vs. George Lucas, uh, one about Alfred Hitchcock and Psycho called 78 slash 52. Uh, Great documentary. And one that, and I have not seen this particular one, but apparently uh, he has one uh, called Memory, The Origins of Alien, which I guess is in some circles considered one yep. of the best uh, movie documentaries ever made. Um, I think that's on like ha- Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime at the moment. Amazon. I, yeah, I, have, I have I haven't seen it yet, but like apparently it's marvelous. So uh, I'm gonna have to take a look at it. Uh, but uh, his next his next one is going to be called Leap of Faith. Uh, it recently played at Sundance, and it's going to be an exploration of the creation of the film The Exorcist. And uh, what he had here was the full cooperation of William Friedkin, uh, who appears nonstop in this documentary. And there is, from what I'm reading, uh, no holds barred, uh, nothing is off limits in their discussions and explorations of the film, including all of the somewhat questionable and controversial choices that Freakin, Freakin made uh, during filming. Uh, so uh, that's going to be called Leap of Faith. It's already been played at Sundance, and that will be coming. But, uh, you know, Exorcist, you know, one of my favorites. Um, I yeah. read uh, about two years ago uh, in my book-slash-movie reading project that is always ongoing – uh, I did read The Exorcist for the first time, and great um, reading. yeah, uh, definitely was. And uh, you know, I just thought that this uh, the announcement of this documentary sounded pretty interesting, given the amount of cooperation and participation from Freakin. Yeah, and if you uh, if you like the uh, The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty, uh, you should try the follow up that he did called Legion, which ended up becoming Exorcist Three, that he wrote uh, a couple years after he did Exorcist. Uh, following Lieutenant Kinderman from the first Exorcist movie that was played by George C. Scott in the movie. Uh, definitely worth a read if you like that book, because it definitely expands that universe a little bit more of uh, Regan and Pazuzu and Exorcism in general. It's a great time, great read. All right, then. Cool. Thank you for the suggestion, the recommendation. Absolutely. Always about suggestions. Mm. All right, so Leap of Faith, that's coming mm. up. Seven, uh, 7852 is also a great documentary, if you guys ever have a chance to check it out. All about filming the shower sequence from Psycho in 1960. You don't think they'd be able to pull off a full-length documentary, but they can. And it's just amazing to see the process in 1960 to make that shower scene so frightening to this day. Definitely worth checking. Mm-hmm. All right, so what's next up? What all, right, all right. Um, he, he's been a topic of conversation in some of our online discussions lately, but apparently uh, Rick Moranis has officially – uh, come out of retirement to take part in the upcoming uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, reboot. And oh, while, okay. 
the the early this is in the this, this is official announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while uh, the early chatter about this project even before his uh, involvement was that this was potentially going to be something for Disney Plus, uh, what they're saying now is that this is something that is prime this will be primed for a theatrical release. Oh, okay. So it's not going to be a uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's even better. Not going to be. I'd love to see and I will say, I have not watched one minute of programming on Disney Plus, uh, but interesting. I am a customer of the Verizon cell phone network, and I just mm-hmm. had to make I just had to make an adjustment to our plan. And in making the yeah. adjustment to the plan that I made, uh, they included one whole free year of Disney Plus. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> check out some superhero movies. Now you can watch <laughs> The Mandalorian. I can watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. There's a okay. big difference between could and will. I'll watch The Mandalorian completely. That and I can't wait to watch disingenuous. <laughs> okay, I can't but, wait to watch Captain I, Endgame, The American, and I can't wait to watch uh, you know, The X Factor. And um, you know the Incredible Spider Hulk, mm. and some of those other ones I've heard about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredible Spider Hulk is a great film. Yeah. That's an achievement. What is a fun oh. watch on this stuff that you might really enjoy uh, is the World According to Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. I can't wait oh, to watch Pink Packer. I heard that's an incredible superhero movie, and um, I'll be checking it out. Sorry, that's the Velvet Panther. Thank you. But that's but that's really weird though that Rick Moranis is finally coming out of retirement to do this, and at the same time though I think I think uh, Honey and I Shrunk the Kids movie, no I think it would still be really fucking cool if they actually do this one in 3D though, if they do it like the old ones and they do it in 3D I think that would actually work really fucking well. Yeah. I have to say, um, I, I am and have been for a very, very long time a huge fan of Rick Moranis. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, as I'm sure we've talked about on the show before, he dropped out of, out of Hollywood and his life as an actor. His wife passed away very young, leaving him with two kids. And he essentially retired from on-screen acting to raise his kids. He's done some voice work for some things over the years. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, you know, being on set filming movies, he, he retired. Uh, you know, he is a, a, a New York City resident and uh, a, a big fan of the New York Rangers. And there's been many Ranger games that I've been to uh, where they go to that part in the game where they like announce like and show on the screen like famous people in the crowd. And uh, there's been more than one game that I've been to that Rick Moranis is down in his close up seat. And they put him on the screen and he gets like a thundering ovation. And, uh, you know, I've never traditionally been a fan of the. Honey, I shrunk the series, but I'm a big fan of Rick Moranis, and if he finally has chosen uh, that the time is right uh, for him to 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 get back to work in some fashion, I'm I'm really happy for him, and uh, that news makes myself it just makes me really happy for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sure it's I a bigger agree. role. I agree. You know, <laughs> it's a bigger role for him. I'm sure because I know he like he said he turned down the Ghostbusters. Probably because it's a limited role. This one, he's probably going to be the main character again. I would have to wait for I mean, he's, he's probably going to be the little giant to a win uh, over the Cowboys. I mean, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. They even used the annexation of Puerto Rico to win the game. Is that the, the movie twice. with Tom Arnold? 
Where it's like no, little Jesus. Yeah, little Jesus. Oh, Little Jesus. No, little Neil. Oh. No, I'm thinking the other movie that he was in, Big Bully, I think that was called. I think that was him. Yeah, that's the one with Tom Arnold. Big Bully is with Tom okay. Arnold. Okay. Uh, okay, so I got those two confused because they came around at the same time. So it's easy to get those confused. But okay, very cool. Mm-hmm. Rick Moranis is back, and uh, I can't wait to see what they come out with because I'm a huge fan of that first film, that Tony I Shrunk the Kids. I, I loved that mm-hmm. movie when I was younger. So. I saw it in theaters. <laughs> yeah, I did too. And I think they I, have the I, second I, one too. Yeah. See the third mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I thought and I. <laughs> And I saw a 4D version at um, King's Dominion back in the day when they actually had, uh, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. And you were supposed to be in this ride, and it was all 3D with then shit spraying all over you during the entire time and stuff like that. It was fun. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It must be a good experience. All right, Doc, so what's next on uh, Horror News? So many things. So... So little time. Big up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. It's not like uh, we're on a time so budget big or time, anything. Big time Academy <laughs> Award winner, <laughs> Bong Joon-ho, part of uh, Parasite, uh, has a couple of irons in the fire. Apparently, there's going to be, and I think I talked about this on the show before, but there's going to be a limited HBO series. Uh, that is not necessarily going to be a remake of Parasite, but an Americanized Parasite in some fashion. And the word right now, the early word, is that uh, the lead in that is going to be Mark Ruffalo. But uh, because he says, regardless of my Oscar success, I have to work, I have to keep working. Uh, he apparently is working on two different projects that he's been working on since before Parasite. Uh, one is an American film, but more uh, interesting is his Korean film, which take place, take place, takes place in Seoul, uh, he promises is going to be a tremendously unique mix of both action and horror. And those are all the mm. details about this project that are known at this time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, big wins at the Oscars for uh, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, so, yeah, strike while the iron's hot, definitely. You know, you get those creds behind you. Get those movies out. You know, people forget about you. That's what I was yeah, that's what, that's, what, that's what Del Toro did, did man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one for the shape of water, and just kicked off after that. Now he's the household mate. You know, so uh, let's to see what he has to come out with next. I mean, I'm not a – I like Parasite. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I do like it. Just not best picture. <laughs> Does anybody <Sorry>. remember <laughs> cause, – because I, I love this one, and I didn't even realize until reading about this guy yeah. this week after the Oscars. Uh, did I ever have – as one of my picks for the show, one called The Host. Does anybody remember? No, but I know the movie you're talking about. <clears throat> yeah, so I love that movie, and I've always planned for it to be one of my picks. Uh, I didn't even know until, like, yesterday or the day before that he directed that. See, you could have picked that over Bun Man. You never would have had that episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was no way that we were not going to be doing Bun Man. Oh, that's great. Stay tuned for uh, the host on a future episode of Talking Terror. Okay, so moving away from uh, Bong Joon-ho, what else do we have? Halloween Kills. According to James Jude Courtney, who plays Michael Myers, 
Halloween mm-hmm. Kills promises to be a gruesome uh... sequel. <laughs> that it's going to be way more intense. They are mm. pumping up the volume. It's going to be the 2018 film on speed. So uh, mm. if you are a fan of this, look, be looking forward to a, an amped up, gruesome Halloween kills. So you got Saw coming out that's going to be on steroids, and you have Halloween <laughs> that's going to be like it's on speed. So a lot of, a lot yeah. of drugs. A lot of drugs in these movies. That's good. I love drugs. I just want somebody to say, my movie's going to be like you're on cocaine. That's going to be the experience. It's like, hey, we're rounding it out. I'm rounding all the drug bases. Cocaine. That, that's like, that can't be like, the, hey, that's, we don't want to repeat oh. exactly what it is that we did. But at the same yeah, time, it's awesome. like, hey, we know you guys enjoyed the last movie, but hey, we're going to make this one completely different. We're going to make it faster, bloodier, more yeah, everything about it. It's going to be that movie, but on crank cocaine, which means it's going to be a completely different type of film. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> and, and, and watching and, the first and, Halloween and then watching Halloween 4 and 5. Yeah, no, which, yeah, you know, they're, they're different types it's, of movies. I mean, yeah. I, I think that with Halloween 2018, a lot of the consensus was, eh, it's a movie. You know, it's okay. It wasn't what I was hoping for. But uh, I know that the doc shared the uh, Halloween Kills test screening reactions, and they all seemed pretty positive. Seems like they were heading in the right direction with uh, what they're doing. So hopefully it's true, and it'll be a little bit better than what Halloween 2018 was. I've watched it recently, and my reaction is still the same. It's okay. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, fucking going. Oh my God, yes, he's back. Michael Myers is back. Like, nah, he's he, he's there. He showed up. And, and, did I feel so, and I feel so bad for you, man, because you were so excited about this movie. It's like you, yep. you know, you were really hoping they were going to deliver. You know, we all were. You know, they were hoping they were going <laughs> to yeah. deliver the, the the movie that we've been waiting for for a long time. And it, yeah, it just didn't happen. You know, we all right. Well, here's hit. a here's a monkey. I've been thinking a lot about that and. My question, I guess, is, you know, whether it's this or whether it's going to be like a new Nightmare on Elm Street or the Friday the 13th gets sorted out. Is there ever, is there a way uh, that anyone would be able to deliver us uh, a film that we want so badly in one of these series? Uh, is, there, is, is there a way to, to reinvigorate in a way that's going to appeal to us? Uh, people that have been watching these movies for thirty plus years, you know, it's a. I feel like it's a. It's an interesting question to think about. Yeah, but with the Halloween series, though, we've talked about how much we wanted the the showdown between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers and King. You know, this this is your franchise. It's like, and we've talked about it in Blink. But yeah, how about you talk about? You know what they should have needed to do in, in this last movie to deliver us the movie who we needed. I mean, I don't want to hammer it because I've said it over and over again, but I'll just say that we needed finality. We needed something to put the period on this whole chapter of Halloween and end it in a proper way. Uh, like the the docket said, is there any way that you're going to please everybody and and deliver the goods? And that's impossible. You're not going to please everybody. There's going to be somebody that goes, I wanted more, I wanted less, I wanted this. I just wanted a fucking period on the movie. I wanted Laurie Strode to die and have a hero's death, and then that's the end of it. They both die together in some kind of explosion where it's just both of them going to hell. 
You know, I would have appreciated that. But instead, it's like, well, we're going to have him in a trap, but we're going to show that he's probably going to get out of that trap. Laura's still alive. They kind of had a battle sequence, but it's kind of in the last 10 minutes of the movie, so it's not even like a huge showdown mm-hmm. that should take up the gooder part of the third act. It's just, it just is it was disappointing mm-hmm. to me. But then again, Doc, Friday the 13th, that remake fucking sold me. I like that one a lot. That delivered to me tenfold what I wanted. I to was actually, I'm going to bring that up. That. Well, and I'm going so. to I'm going to echo what the ghoul always says about that in that the the opening sequence leading up to the credits, which I've since gone back and examined a couple of times, is pretty outstanding. Yeah. But the rest of the movie, I feel, is like, is whatever. You talking about the 2009 and, remake? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, okay, Ghoul, go ahead. I mean, yeah, Ghoul, go ahead, because this is your your franchise. <laughs> I mean, I what was did you think of that say, remake? You know, like, it's one that I, I revisit, you know, regularly. Um, yeah, I still find that that, that opening sequence is worlds better than the rest of the film. But that is one of those films that each time I subsequently watch it, I'm like, okay, you know what? This is the movie that it is. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. And, you know, it doesn't stray all that far from the regular Friday the 13th formula. So really there's nothing that stops it from being called a sequel to any of the other Friday the 13th movies. Um you know, and I know I'm not the only person that feels that way. A lot of people have come around over the last couple of years. I've seen articles like regarding that. You know, I think I saw one just a couple months ago that said, you know, is it isn't it about time that we now admit that the 2009 Friday the 13th film was actually pretty good? Um, as yeah, far yeah as so many people are other remakes go. Yeah, it was it was a good I, movie. Yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed that that movie. Yeah. Um I was I was just so blown away. I was not expecting it to be that solid of a movie when I saw it. And I was just like, you know, and it was just a, a greatest hits collection, if you will. Yeah. You yeah. know, just all, like all rolled up into a neat little package. Yeah. It was the greatest hits. It was giving you what you wanted. You know, it felt like a continuation of the series rather than just a reboot. You know, just it was uh-huh. combining like the first four movies and just giving you everything at once. And I really appreciate it. But it's like, again, on the flip side of the coin, Monkey knows that I'm a huge Halloween fan, but I'm also a Texas Chainsaw Massacre enthusiast. I love that series. And now Fetty Alvarez is going to be doing a reboot of that yet a fucking again. And he's planning on doing a whole series of movies of Texas Chainsaw Massacre if this reboot uh, succeeds because he's picked his directors. And, of course, he's done the thing where he goes, this one, this, this is going to be the one that fucking delivers you guys. It's going to fucking leave you. It's gonna weave you this fucking terrified if you leave the theater. Scare the shit out of you. Shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> he, I put that up on the talking terror page, the article where Fetty Alvarez and I directly quoted him on that, where he said that. And I'm like, don't say that. Do not. No. Just you're making a movie and you're hoping that it does well. Don't fucking tell me that this is gonna be the one. Like I've heard it so many times and it's not gonna be the one. I mean, is it gonna be better he than is, that Weatherface movie from 2017? One. Probably. I mean, it's not gonna. It's just no. No, that first one, that's it. That first Texas Chainsaw from 1974, that's it. The sequels are good, but that's the king. That's the king of the mountain, as far as I'm concerned. So you just, you're never going to be able to capitalize on that. You're not going to be able to do any better than what Toby did back in 74. So the fact that Fetty's like, this is going to be the one, guys. Fucking just the saw is back, baby. He's like, no, the saw should be dead. You know, get the <laughs> gasoline, drain it, and throw it in the trash. Because it's not going to be good. It's going to be terrible. But who knows? You know, I'm hoping that my mind's changed, but I doubt it will. 
because I saw that Weatherface he, movie. I was so excited about Weatherface. I was like, yes, it's back. And then I saw it. I'm like, this movie sucks. <laughs> he, also, he also knew that it was <laughs> going to be a freaking prequel. You know what I mean? So how good did you expect it to be? Well, the fact that they turned the fucking guy that you think is going to be Weatherface, his big fucking muscular fat guy, and then they kill him towards the end of the movie, and they're like, oh, no, actually, it's going to be the really good-looking skinny guy that's getting all the pussy in this movie. Oh, no, he's going to have his mouth shot off, and he's going to be the new Weatherface. What? Pussy! <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> what they're doing? That, that's not Weatherface. That, no, that, no. No, the, the the big hulking guy that doesn't talk and he's mentally unstable. That's your Weatherface, not this swarmy fucking guy that gets his mouth fucking shot off. That's not Weatherface. That's no, no. I, when that happened, get, I was like, this movie is stupid. That's called irony. They were exceeding your expectations. They mm. were trying to play the sleight of hand game. They were showing you everything that you expected oh. to see, but then they were like, no, 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 no. Everything you knew about the character is absolutely wrong. See how he good looking and muscular now? Well, he's gonna become a fat, sloven, fucking chainsaw wielding cross dresser in another five years. (laughs) That's the way it is. And I love uh, John Dugan who played Grandpa in the seventy four version. He goes this movie, Weatherface, is directed by two Frenchmen, and they're filming in Bulgaria. How the fuck good is it going to be? <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa. I love you. Happy birthday, by the way, John Dugan. It was his birthday this past week. Oh, happy birthday, Gramps. So, all right, Doc. So what else do we have going on? Apparently, BBC One, uh, you know, over Big there had a recent... Ones. Uh, your favorite <laughs> wins in your heart. Oh, recently had a three-part miniseries of the I don't do the classic story, the War hmm. of the Worlds. Leave that for monkey. Yep. And different than other updates <laughs> of War of the Worlds, this was a a period piece that took place in the time frame of which the original radio broadcast was presented. Um, it seems that AMC has acquired the rights. And we'll be showing this period piece um, of the War of the Worlds on their AMC premiere. And uh, they'll be showing it in 221 different territories. And if the period piece style of storytelling is not your thing, I have since learned that there is going to be a contemporary version of War of the Worlds miniseries that will be on the Epics Network beginning February 16th. Hmm. War of the Worlds Um, is back. Okay, yeah, but War of the Worlds, okay, BBC series originally supposed to take place in Victorian times, I believe, not not when the actual broadcast was done. That's why he's saying it's a period piece. Yeah. Yeah, but he said, he, yeah, but he, okay, all right, sorry. Okay. Oh, so you, you're saying that he, he said that it's going to be intended for the 50s, and it's yeah. actually a Victorian. I get, I get right. it, I get it, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's a period piece, Victorian era. So not the not the Orson Welles uh, radio broadcast yeah. from the fifties. King Punk Alien. <laughs> Which the whole hype around that is just amazing. Like if you actually read about the War of the Worlds when it was broadcast over the radio, they're like, "Oh, riots broke out and people were going insane." And the truth is, mm-hmm. nothing really happened. It happened. Some people were like, "Wow, that's that's insane." They look outside the window. They're like, "Everything's fine. This is a cool <laughs> broadcast." Like, so 
it was Orson Welles pumping up that broadcast to make it seem like people were fucking going insane and getting locked up because of aliens attacking. So, but if you ever get a chance to read up on that background, it's amazing. The, the, it was the, the Blair the Witch Project. I have a the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, and I have, I have yeah. a, I have, I have a, I have a vital record of the original uh, broadcast. It's pretty sweet. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Blair Witch was the exact same way. Cool. I agree. That was a fervor. That was like, holy shit, we're gonna see a fucking snuff film, man. Well, yeah, like, one, of the differences, one of one of the interesting differences, uh, and while yes, there's definitely a parallel, is that. Uh, this was not something that had pre-hype. Uh, people were just going about their right, business, listening right. to their radios, and all of a sudden it was like, we bring to you this breaking news. Uh, so in some cases, people didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and it's, it's fascinating, yeah, I mean, to, to hear that. Uh, you know, it's cool that you have that recording. Um, I'm a huge fan of War of the Worlds. Not the Tom Cruise one, but the original broadcast. It's something that I, I really do enjoy listening to. Uh, so never the Tom Cruise one. <laughs> he ran over the hill. The fucking world exploded, and it was still okay. <laughs> no, seriously. People talk about that and say about the filmmaking and how good it is, but like anyone that can overlook that that grievous grievous decision, uh, it just it sours the whole fucking movie. And I'm not saying that I was enjoying it and thinking it was great up to that point. But when he ran over that fucking hill, uh, based on everything going on on screen, there is no way anyone that went over that hill was alive. The fact that he walks up down the fucking street at the end and the kid just comes running out the door with no fucking explanation of how he got there was absolutely fucking absurd. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I've seen that movie that one time all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of it since. But, like, I yeah. could not fucking believe my eyes that his kid was still oh, alive right. after the – massive explosion that he went running into. I couldn't believe it. I can't believe people like that movie. I, I've never met somebody that says I like War of the Worlds. Like, I've never met anybody that said that movie is a good movie. Like, it's such a the fucking t- 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 hole-filled mess. <laughs> the Tom Cruise version. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise. He ruins a lot and, of things. And he also, uh, aside from this fucking insane nonsense uh you know with the survival of his son uh you know spielberg uh you know used a lot of the same tactics that he used uh in jurassic park specifically uh like the raptor sequence when the kids are running through like hiding through the cabinets uh with the raptors using around so steven spielberg had broke out uh you know some some of his earlier tricks but like the movie made a shit ton of fucking money uh, I'm looking right now. It was the budget was 132 million, and it pulled in over 603 million dollars. Uh, Holy shit! So, so it was a huge fucking hit. Tom Cruise was at his height at that point, man. He made bank still. That's true too. It came out of the good time for Cruise, yeah. but that movie is just yeah. atrocious. The way I felt about yeah. I Am Legend with Will Smith. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, ruin this. <laughs> But then crew started killing off Universal uh, Studios stuff. And Doc, do you have any news about Universal Monsters stuff, or should that go to the Ghoul and the King? <laughs> I mean, if you guys got it, have at it. Uh, that I I have used up my allotment of items that I had to discuss. All my items are used. Well, something that uh, the the Ghoul and I were talking about before we went on air tonight was because he was asking me like what's going on in the horror news, and I was giving him a couple things. And one of the things that popped up today is that apparently Bride of Frankenstein, the reboot that they tried to make during the time of The Mummy, 
It was going to be directed by Bill Condon, uh, Angelina Jolie, who was supposed to play the Elsa Lanchester part. Uh, it fell by the wayside because of the mummy with Tom Cruise again, bringing it back up. Uh, it just it flopped. It wasn't very good. But now there's rumblings because of The Invisible Man coming out, uh, The Invisible Woman coming out with uh, Elizabeth Banks directing it, uh, Renfield, all about the Dracula sidekick, also coming into production. That now rumblings are that Bride of Frankenstein is potentially going to be made. Uh, producer Amy Pascal is going to be behind it, and she's talking to both Sam Raimi and John Krasinski to see if either of them. Amy Pascal. Uh, so there's going to be rumblings of either John Krasinski or Sam Raimi signing on to do this. She floated the idea past Sam Raimi, and she's given it to John Krasinski, who's actually working on a possible script for it. So they're moving forward, but it, the discussion was just about uh, the Dark Universe, because there's also a musical in the works called The Monster Mash, which is going to incorporate some universal monsters. So we were talking about the Dark Universe, about how that just kind of flopped by the wayside, but it seems like they're trying to build this weird – not dark universe, but trying to bring back the universal classics. And I yeah, wanted to, to get the ghoul back in. They're always working on that. I think it's, you know, classic monsters. They're just easier to, to kind of come up with their little stories and whatnot. Or, you know, they, they're easier to update because they're not in everybody's mind's eye like the horror icons of the 80s and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I think the dark universe aspect of it, that's all I was saying before, is that I think that that is, as of right now, just completely done. You know, if there's no connective thread, which is what they were trying to do with the uh, the Tom Cruise version of it. They were trying to have an MCU or DC Universe level of uh, connectivity between the films with that, uh, that series. Um, and that's the thing, too, is that do you think there really is an audience for this? I know that there's this renaissance going on right now. Like the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. it's not the Claude Rains version. You know, you've seen the trailers. It's, it's the Invisible Man, but it's not that universal classic monster, uh, Invisible Man. Um, mm-hmm. Renfield's coming out. So the Dracula three-part BBC series just came out that I really did like. Um, so it just seems like there's this renaissance now to bring back the monsters. But is it going to have an audience? You know, is it going to land? Because, I mean, people like us, I'll, I'll go see it. You know, but I don't know if it's going to have a, a wide appeal. Mm. It depends yeah, on what their that? expectations oh. are. Sorry, go ahead, monkey, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, but I was no, I was just, just going to spit it out. What the king said is again with us, you know, the horror fans and fans of the classic pieces. You know, you were, we're always going to check out what's coming out, like you said, the BBC series, because the the ghoul has been checking that out too, I believe, right? I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got it queued up. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But, yeah, it's just – but are they going to be able to get those kind of returns in theater? It's like, you know, we, we can definitely sit there and catch it on miniseries, you know, <clears throat> Netflix, Prime, all that kind of stuff. But are they going to be able to pull it back in theaters? That's going to be the thing. You know, it's, it's a risk. It's a gamble. I mean, I I think the, the idea is there. I mean, I think what you're going to have to do – uh, and that's my perspective, is that you're going to have to get names in it. Uh, like Sam Raimi, big name in horror. You know, if you get him behind that, maybe it's going to get the audience. Same thing with John Krasinski, because he had such a hit with uh, Quiet Place and then the sequel that's coming out this year. So getting him behind that project could lead to returns. But I think you need to start getting those names if you're going to go anywhere think, with it. Yep. Yeah, I think Krasinski bringing him in, especially with The Quiet Place being as successful as it was, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. now having the sequel coming, which, you know, I know I, – I, didn't think that that movie was anything great. Um, I know a lot of people are looking forward yeah, to the like sequel. It. 
I'm, you know, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole thing. It looks like it's going to be one of those where it's a prequel sequel, where it's going to give us mm-hmm. some of the time before everything and then some of the time okay. after. Um, because I saw scenes that have <laughs> Krasinski in there. And if you saw the original film, he's gone by the end of it. Uh, it looks like yes, they start at day zero with the, uh, with the attack um, from the, the trailer that I saw. Um, because I also saw the baby. She was driving in the car. There's a whole sequence that occurs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think mm-hmm. you know, attaching him to a project is obviously gonna is gonna bring in some good things. I like what they're doing with certain things of this. Like, okay, we've seen a thousand stories of Dracula. Yeah. But why not give us a little bit of a deeper dive into a Renfield character? Give us something twisted and different. Um, I kept yeah. waiting for Renfield to pop up in the Dracula series that we just recently watched. Um, like yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. You know, I guessed it a whole bunch of times. I was wrong every freaking time. Um, <laughs> so, you know, because he, he was always one that was, you know, so, something to explore. Yeah, you know, and we see that with some of the, some of the other movies. Sometimes they try to take a left turn and give you a side character, and maybe try to embellish that and give us something more out of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I would. I, I'm looking forward to Winfield actually because I know when I put it on the talking therapy, I was like, this is a character that I really like from the books and from the adaptations. I never felt like they gave him his due, and I know the monkey was like, well, Winfield's not that good of a character. It's like to me, he is, and I think it's worth exploring. You know uh, that character because Dracula always gets the credit, but Renfield's a crazy fucking psycho too. But I think deserves to have a little bit of attention. You know, um, uh, so I know that the doc said that he was done uh, with his pieces, and I actually have two that I want to get to before we get into this movie for tonight. Uh, one is that The Hunt is back on that movie that got pulled and shelved because of how just so hard it was on MAGA people. You know, it's just no way, guys. I'm, you're being really hurtful to us. I mean, we have feelings too. I mean, we just love Donald Trump, but this is just crazy. But apparently now, no, it's going to be released next month. Uh, back in the theaters, Craig Zobel, The Hunt, is back on. So we're going to see this when we get released, and I can't wait to see what Trump has to think about. Oh, no, so, we're ta- oh, say so we're talking about theatrical release finally. Yep. Yeah, it's back on. They're, they're putting going- in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just so excited to see that it's back on, that it's coming out because I just, you know, it's a fucking movie. <laughs> just go see it, have fun. You know, it's, I'm sorry if you feel personally attacked and triggered. You know, this subject matter isn't up to your liking, but I think it's going to be a fun one. But I'm looking forward to checking out. All, all I'm going to say to the MAGAs out there, you know, the Red Hats, or whatever you want to call them, is, you know, stop being a wussy little snowflake. It's just a movie. All right, and just be calm. All right, sorry if we hurt your feelings. Stop being so sensitive. All right, and just calm down and don't worry about it. It'll pass. All right. So stop being so sensitive. You really like the word "all right." (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see that next month, and then. uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick is that uh, back in 1998, there was a movie called Urban Legend, uh, directed by Jimmy Blanks. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm sure you have. Rebecca Gayhart, Tara Reid, Michael Rosenbaum. Hell yeah. So they, uh, the sequels weren't so good. Uh, part two, it's final cut, and Bloody from, Mary. Uh, from, from yes, Joshua Jackson. Uh, Joshua Jackson. Yep. And Jared Leto. The Nakima uh, girl. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Jared Leto, the joker that ain't. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry, because I want to say that too before we get into the movie. But yeah, apparently Screen Gems is making a new urban legend movie for the digital age. And when I say that, this is what really kind of hooked me in. It's because over the past couple of years, creepypasta has been a huge fucking thing for people. I know that the, the doc has said it many times about creepypasta is Slenderman. You know, it's the new scary story. It's the new urban legend. So that's what uh-huh. this movie is going to focus on, a slasher that's involved in the creepypasta kind of realm where it's, you know, it gets passed on from person to person through their computers. So I think it's a cool idea putting it underneath the urban legend banner. I think it's fun because that has appeal for people that like urban legend, but I'm just looking forward to seeing what they come out with because there's a ton of creepypastas out there that are fucking creepy as shit. And I want to see how many of them they could put into this movie. If any, like, like Jeff, the killer, you know, even Slender man. I mean, there's so many of them, but to see if they're doing it this way, it's, it's fun. Yeah, I agree, man. It's, it's, it's a thing where, again, t- telling stories around the campfire kind of thing, you know, but yeah. again, it's like like the doc, I mean, yeah, like the doc said in class, you know, kids passing stories from phone to phone, you know, of the creepypasta stuff around and <clears throat> passing it around, and it's, it is the new urban legend. Uh, doc, yeah. you are very much involved with this because of your kids in the classes and stuff like this. Um, do you think this is something that's going to fly? I really have no idea, man, uh, to be honest. I find that, uh, like, the creepypasta thing, at least with, like, the, the middle school set, that's, like, it's, like, over. Um, mm-hmm. They're still into, like, scary stories. Like, uh, I did some work with, like, scary stories to tell in the dark. I always encourage them to read that. Uh, just last week uh, with my sixth grade class, we read uh, Roald Dahl's uh, Lamb to the Slaughter. Um we just had a discussion. They were asking questions uh, about Stephen King stories. Uh, mm-hmm. So the interest is there. Uh, I don't know what, what kind of market there is as far as uh, sixth graders getting to the movie theater to see a film like that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, anything is possible. Like I mean, if they were smart, they could make it PG-13 and widely market it, like they did with Scary Stories and Tell in the Dark. I think you yeah. very easily make it a PG-13 movie, even though I don't like them very much. But I think you could do that for a wider audience, make a, a PG-13 movie for people to go see and incorporate these creepypastas that a lot of the young kids really love. You know, and, and well, make it yeah. <laughs> But here's also a thing in which Hollywood and everybody else are, are way behind. Like, yeah, go ahead. They're going to make creepypastas, things like that. Maybe it'll, it'll draw right. some attention. But they're well behind. Like Doc said, the kids are already kind of moved on from it. And, like, I know one of the, the more recent things that are kind of a thing now is something called SCP, um, yep. which is, I like, this it. whole, yeah. like, containment foundation thing. It's all weird shit, mm-hmm. man, like bizarre fucking SCP archives. Um, Love it. You know, like, and that I know is like popular now. That's what they should be looking to capitalize on. They need to actually get their finger on the pulse and maybe try to get these things out while they're actually being, yeah. you know, perused by these kids. Because by the time they put out like a Slenderman movie or something like that, you know, obviously they, they, they put that stuff out. But, you know, it's the, the, the fervor is gone. You know, the thrill of yeah. it is gone, mm-hmm. so nobody wants to see it. And then you have, you know, I don't know, 18 variations of the same fucking movie because every studio under the sun decided to all make them at the same time. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's what happened with Slenderman. Yeah. It became saturated. You think, everybody wanted to fucking do a Slenderman movie. 
so you're thinking maybe instead, instead of trying to do full-blown movie, uh, maybe just so you can sit there and knock it out quicker, maybe a series of Urban Legend? Work. You know, do something similar to like yeah. Amazing Stories or, or again, yeah. Twilight yeah. Zone stuff. SCP is yeah. already in an archive form. Just make yep. live-action versions of that. You know, obviously, look, does it take capital and funding and production, all of that? Yes. But if you really want to get it, you got to get it while people want to see it. Yeah, and uh, SCP Archives, that uh, is a podcast. Uh, now that's actually produced by Bloody Disgusting. So guys out there, if you're in the podcast like I am, I fucking eat them up. That's a great podcast because it goes after every story that's in that archive. Um, and they do it in a great way with voice actors and everything involved. Uh, Welcome to Night Vale is another one that I keep hoping that they make into a movie or a series. I know that uh, Welcome to Limetown was actually made into a series starring Jessica Biel that came out last year on one of the streaming services. <laughs> So that was I a get a totally different I idea when I hear "Welcome to Line Town." <laughs> <laughs> Party night. <laughs> Not the same one. Okay. But it's a different one. Um, so yeah, lastly, before yeah. we get into Boston movies tonight, and, Boston and thingies. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, <laughs> they was doing cocaine. <laughs> So, of course, last, before we get into the movie for tonight, congratulations to Joaquin Phoenix for winning Best Actor for Joker. A well-earned win. I fucking love that movie, and I was so glad to see him take home that Oscar for that. Sorry, Jared Leto, you're not in the audience for this one. So it's going to be Joaquin Phoenix to Heath Ledger. <laughs> you know, not as their Joker. Well, I mean, you want to add, like, a little bit of insult to that injury. Not only does you know, not only does Phoenix win the Oscar for it, getting all these accolades that you know, I'm sure Leto might have been hoping for. Uh, Birds of Prey also released this past week, and pretty yep. much did everything in its power to not have a racist in it. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, like everything mm-hmm. from the images of Joker. They don't look anything like Leto, even though this is that same exact universe with the same exact Harley Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they uh, there's like one specific sequence, which I think they used like footage from Suicide Squad for it. Um, okay. They, either they couldn't or they didn't want to get Leto back. Um, and yeah, so everything else kind of looked a lot like the Cesar Romero be honest with you, you know, the images that they kept showing them. So, but yes, definitely uh, Phoenix deserved the win. I, uh, I, you know, wasn't happy with Parasite winning. I really felt like that honor from the, the, the five films that I saw. Um, you know, honestly, I think it should have went to once upon a time only because of yeah, the amount of different things that that movie did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it crafted a story. It did inventive things with some of the camera work. You know, the everything from the costume design, the acting. Like, it, it had a lot of different things about it. Parasite had a, a good story. It was a solid story. But, you know, at its heart, that's all it was. And, you know, uh, just like The Hunt coming out, I really feel like there was a political message being driven home by, by yeah. Hollywood yeah. for giving Parasite this, this Oscar. Yeah, we definitely talked about it. Uh, there, there probably was. You know, it's fine. You know, it, it's a serviceable movie. It's good. But Best Picture, no. I mean, I definitely, over Joker, I would definitely give Once Upon a Time that Oscar. 
Like to me, that mm-hmm. it, it earned it. And I couldn't believe it when when you told us through the group chat, "Oh no, Parasite won." I was like, "What the fuck?" Like one time, <laughs> time didn't win. <laughs> now, Doc, you saw what? you saw nineteen seventeen yesterday. I saw nineteen seventeen yesterday. Did you stay I awake during it? What's that? What What'd you feel about? I asked your opinion. I asked your opinion of it. Uh, you asked if you stayed awake. I did stay awake. Um, I, you know, I I liked it. I uh, feel like I was based on all of the hoopla. Was maybe expecting more. Um, I did like it. Mm-hmm. I felt there were a couple of big surprises. Um, maybe I was expecting more spectacle and more uh, larger uh, action set pieces than there was. Uh, but I thought, as far as watching the story, I thought the story itself was pretty compelling. I thought that uh, many of the scenes were filmed with a great amount of tension uh, that was palpable and that you could feel while watching it. Uh, I was, as you know, winding back around to my original comments here, I just was expecting a little bit more spectacle scenes than there actually were. Okay. What do you I think? See, like, I'm not. Expe- I'm not expecting that movie to be spectacle. I still haven't seen it. No, you're um, expecting you know, to be okay. spectacle. I'm no, I'm expecting to see tension. You know, like I figured that said. this was going to be a journey of two men trying to get, you yeah, know, kind from of. point A tension, to point B. Yeah, there's tension is for sure. Okay, nah, I'm not sure. I didn't see. I for me, <laughs> spectacle. I expected Midway to be spectacle. So if you want to be disappointed on spectacle, I like watch Midway, Midway because that movie will definitely disappoint you because it's definitely not anything near what it could have been. That movie needed compared to, to like 1917. That needed to be an independent state. Yeah, I guess that's if, if that's your comparison. Yes. Yeah, I went into Midway expecting something of like independence oh, yeah. level yep. oh, explosions yeah. I agree. and bombs yeah. and attacks yep. and yep. it was like, all right, I didn't expect it to be yeah. so trying so hard to be factual with the whole damn thing. Yeah. Oh no! I, I completely yeah, agree. The That's why I said for Midway made it look like it was going to be one of those stupid, uh, crazy like action spectacle movies. Roland Emmerich, you know, explosion, explosion, explosion. It was like bomb, yeah, it was bomb, like bomb. marketed. It was marketed that way. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. No, it's good, but I would rather watch that over 1917 any day. <laughs> you know, just give me a choice. 19, Midway is going. <laughs> I'm watching that again. Um, but so yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what you have to think about it, Cool. Uh, so, but with that being said, uh, Doc, it is your pick for tonight: Microwave Massacre, 1983. Uh, Larry Burwick, Wayne Berwick is a director. Uh, give us your thoughts and what this movie's about. <laughs> yes, 1983. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Microwave Massacre, directed by Wayne Berwick and starring Jackie Vernon. Um, I mean, it's been a while, uh, since I feel like I've made a pick that, you know, brought us down this type of road. Um, I've been, I feel like I've, my picks have been more like, like normal, like movies, uh, versus the sometimes, uh, sillier avenues that I choose to explore. Um, uh, killer (laughs) condom. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, dead, uh, dead sushi, dead sushi, um, you know, blood, (laughs) blood beat. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, it's all it's all in good fun and to keep things interesting. But like, it's a fucking you know, there's some funny stuff here. But this movie is just fucking yeah. ridiculous. It's just it ridiculous. Is. So anyway, um, I, I want to make a couple of comments here. The ghoul was so so. 
strongly saying that oh yeah, uh, yeah. that he and I have have watched this together. Uh, I know uh, from watching this movie uh, for the show, I have never seen this before. There was nothing here that rang remotely familiar in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) There was nothing here that rang any bells in any way. There's, I have not, if this was watched and covered for the show, uh, it was a week that I did not watch nor participate and uh, Ghoul, I, cer- I we certainly did not watch this together. There was zero here that that made me remember anything. I know the king said the same thing. Now, monkey, is there any chance yeah. during that short period of time when King wasn't with you and me on the show before we took the hiatus? Did you make this one of your picks? If we had done it, it would have been my pick. <laughs> but that I much don't, I know, but, man. There's but, no other way I would have watched this movie. <laughs> but um, no, because uh, you and I only did three episodes together, and this was not part mm-hmm. of that. Uh, those three episodes. I don't know how the hell I yeah. ended up seeing this. Then I, I, I could not maybe find I, it in the episode guide. Couldn't find maybe it. Maybe I thought about doing this movie myself, and I watched. Mm-hmm. The film and ended up like whether I watched the whole thing or if I only watched like the earlier portion of it, I don't know. But like, yeah, I couldn't see how any other time I would have watched this. So I, I apologize. So cool. I was wrong. So, so, so you cool. what did you think of it? What did you think of it? I fucking hate this movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> Except for the fact that you see some fans at the beginning of it, this movie is utterly terrible. <laughs> you get a lot of good tits in this movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, good yeah, I guess uh, from varying qualities of women, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. The, uh, the, the girl, the girl at the beginning, you know, she's obviously hot. And then the brunette at a later point, at the later point of the film, one of oh, the she hookers, you know, she, she was yeah, good looking yeah. too. But you know, aside from that, the rest of them are all kind of like I don't know, like trannies. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind like that every um, now and again, as long as they're pretty. Yeah. All right. Uh, I gotta admit, this is like the first time I've seen this movie um, in the past six months. <laughs> I've seen this yeah. movie oy, oy, oy. so many fucking times. Oh, okay. This movie for me, all right, dates back to when me and my ex-wife first had our first apartment. We were both nineteen. All right, and any time we would have friends come over for horror movies. We would let them pick whatever movie they wanted to watch at the time, and it was usually whatever was new at the time, you know, whatever new, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, John Carpenter movie was out, you know, uh, you know, shit like People Under the Stairs, um, <clears throat> Night Walkers, that kind of stuff, and I was like, okay, and we would then also make them watch another movie, and this was always, always, always the other movie. And we would make them watch this first before making them watch the other movie because we knew they they would never stay after the movie that they wanted to see. So I've seen this movie, a, yeah, a, a couple times. Um, and it just keeps getting better every time I see it. <laughs> it's just I, – I do not get tired of this movie. It's just um, – granted, you, you got to get through the first half to enjoy the silliness of the second half. The first half is really, really, really fucking dry. It really is. 
But then when you get Dude, to the, the second half, the first half is it, the best part of this movie. It's everything after it that's yeah. terrible. No, man. It's just the second half. That's when you get to the fun. That's when you get to the killing. That's when you get to all the shitty one-liners. It's just, it's, it's just stupid fun. It really is. This guy um, want to be Rodney Dangerfield. If I had to see him mug at the camera one more time, uh, I could shoot myself. He turned it down, this movie. Mm. He was offered this movie. Yeah. He turned it down. Yeah. But what, but what makes the role of our main character better is the fact that we're talking about Frosty the Snowman, all right, from <laughs> our childhood, all right? Rankin Bass. Yeah, every Rankin Bass special you saw where, you know, Frosty the Snowman talked was this dude, which makes it that much funnier. But we're not going to get into all that just yet. King, what did you think of this classic piece of horror cinema? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because I, I talked about it with the Goulther text uh, a couple days ago when we were going back and forth about whether we had seen this movie or not. And I said, you know what? After a movie like Midsummer, which is considered elevated, man, like you just you need to have a palate cleanser. And I feel like this is a palate cleanser. This, this is, is a good palate cleanser after Midsummer. Because <laughs> this, isn't a, this isn't a palate cleanser, man. For me, it this is. This is like for going me to fucking this... filet mignons eating out of the garbage can. <laughs> Man, this is this this is a colon complete colon cleanser after Midsummer, yeah. okay? <laughs> to me this is but anyway, this to me this is like okay, we're taking a break. You know, we did Midsummer and now we're covering Microwave Massacre. And again, this is a movie that I rented a lot back when I was younger because I love the cover art where you see this fucking fat guy and he's cooking up a head in the microwave and I was like, This movie's gonna be good. <laughs> it's, it's a creepy <laughs> cover. And I liked it. Then when I saw it when I was in the sixth grade, and I'm like, there's a lot of tits in this movie. I dig it. Because <laughs> there's a lot of naked women, and the guy's fat, and he's unassuming, but yet all these hookers want to go back and fuck him. I was like, man, this guy, like, he just gets every woman. Like, he's just like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, you want to fuck? And he's like, yeah, I guess I could take it back home. And they're like, okay, well, I'm immediately <laughs> going to fucking take off all my clothes. <laughs> you know, ridiculous humor, but... Again, like I said, I don't like Killer Condom. I wasn't a big fan of Dead Sushi, but this one I like because the humor for me landed with this movie because it's just so over the top and silly. It knows that it's not a good movie. <laughs> it, just, it knows you're not doing anything good. It's just having a good but, time doing it. And, and I just want to say the doc fell into his old routine, r- routine, though, of picking horror movies based on food. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Has that been a theme? Yeah, he's got a good palate for food. Fucking bun man, dead sushi. Yeah. I mean, you, you have picked a number of food based horror films. <laughs> and you should, just, check, out, you should is, check out the. Uh, he, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Apparently, the doc was completely unaware that he's been making all of his decisions based on the fact that he's hungry as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I apologize. I apologize for my hunger. Um, it's just it, – it's funny because when you get into this movie and you meet Donald, played by Jackie Vernon, who, like we said, voice of, of, of Frosty, you know, he's sitting down in this construction area where he works with his two friends, um, uh, Lincoln and Philip, uh, Roosevelt and Philip, I'm sorry. Um, but he's breaking out his lunch. They have sandwiches and they're having a good time with it. He breaks out this fucking gigantic fucking loaf of bread and a fucking just straight up crap just in between the fucking you know, loaves of bread. <laughs> and he was walking around with this fucking problem. Like, hey guys, uh, looks like you got a good sandwich there. Uh, would you like to trade it for this uh, delicacy that my wife made? And like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> the fuck away from us. Like, seriously. <laughs> what are you doing? We want to see tits. 
because there's some tits coming through that fucking hole that we want to check out. <laughs> so <laughs> fuck you and your crap. Your wife sucks, dude. She should make better food. And that's the whole thing is that <laughs> Donald like, and his wife May, like May, she's not a bad woman. Like she's not, you know, uh, demeaning him in any way, making him feel like any less of a man. She's just like the cook these uh, weird fucking things. And all he does um, is fucking just beat on her emotionally. Oh, God. I'm going to eat your fucking uh, cooking again. Like, <laughs> yes and no. It's a like fucking nightmare, dude. Yeah, she, she is a nightmare, man. And she makes comments all the time about, you know, she makes those comments about any real man would do over you, man. It's like she she says that, dude. It's like she's just as demeaning to him as he, he is to her. It's like he's just craving some real food. Well, here's the thing, Yeah? The thing is, is the movie doesn't do a good job of, and listen, again, this is is why I shouldn't talk. Um, Okay. (laughs) So the film doesn't do a good job of framing why she actually wants him to be eating better food. The guy has a fucking heart attack and has a pacemaker. You know, there's a Mm -hmm. reason behind her making all of this food, which is supposed to be better and healthier for him. They just never bother explaining any of that. Just later in the film, you're going to find that he has a fucking pacemaker because he dies. True. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that aspect of it because she's trying to help him. Like, you know, it's not like she's like, you're a fucking man. It's just, she just likes making this different food and being experimental all he wants is a fucking bologna and cheese sandwich, which he can't get because she's got all these fucking fancy things in her kitchen, including the brand new major electric microwave oven that she gets, which, holy <laughs> shit, this fucking thing you can, like, walk into is so big. Mm. Like, that's a microwave in 1983? Mm. Damn! <laughs> well, well, also, like, way back in the day, man, this is, like, back, you know, when, you know, because now they tell us all the time, don't put metal in a microwave. And um, the, back in the day, they made these huge ass beasts where they used to have metal racks in them. Um, okay. And they would actually, and they would actually come with specific metal trays that you would cut cook with in in these things, you know. And they were just, yeah. Okay. Thank you, dude. <laughs> Thanks for interrupting me during the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the diva is telling me that yeah they used to have one when she was a kid and she used to have one of those huge ones where yeah it did have the metal racks it had special metal trays in them you know and you know now you don't even get metal anywhere near the inside of one of these things but yeah back then they were just these big huge you know nuclear death traps blow up the microwave yeah. will explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we know that and now. But back then, <laughs> they, you know, they they were like, you know, it was a Godzilla t- test kitchen there. You know, we just sit there and put in some <laughs> baby eggs and come out with fucking Godzillas. <laughs> and and one of the the funniest scenes in the movie, the one that I even cracked up at watching this time around because I just watched Michael Massacre like three months ago. <laughs> it's the scene when <clears throat> you have Roosevelt. And he's trying to seduce the girl that comes walking into the construction site. He's like, come on, baby. It's fine. Like, yeah, I'm a real man. I got muscles. And she's like, I kind of like that guy over there. Can you introduce me? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Let me go introduce you to this guy. You're going to love him. He's going to love you. And she's like, hey, man. Like, oh, my God. Stop it. Don't touch me. Oh, my God. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's just out of fucking nowhere that he prefers to the company of men. to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to stop it. 
And then when he gets the hamburger, Mel, he's like, mm, I like this. Style humor, just not done with Mel Brooks style comedy. Um, I cracked up yeah, on it. Yeah. It's the whole inappropriateness of the time, man, which is great. It's something I miss in a lot of ways. And but. yeah, the fact that fucking Roosevelt scores with her on the fucking construction site. He's like, yeah, come on, baby. Let's just make out. She's like, oh, guys ever wanted just sex. He's like, not me. Not me. I'll treat you with respect. No, come here. Give me a kiss. Okay. No. <laughs> I love the fucking well, 80s, dude. What is this line? Guys only want two things, and he's like, well, how do they decide? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I guess I can make out with him. He seems pretty cool. <laughs> you know, it's just fucking, I love the 80s. It's so great. Um, but yeah, you have this whole construction site sequence, and then you have Donald going to the bar, and I love the bartender, where he's like, yeah, I'll give you your beers, but don't fucking talk to me about your day. Like, just, no. And he's like, let me tell you about my day. I got this fucking wife at home, and she sucks, and she just wants me to. And he's like, God, shut up. Like, you know, he's that one friend that just always bitches on everything. Like, Does anything go right in your life, dude? Do you have one good day? But I was trying to figure out what, like, the, the bar. It's like I have such a hard time trying to figure out what the bar was supposed to be because it's like a half is it bar, supposed to be a bar? bar? <laughs> yeah, is it, you know, half bar, half strip club, you know, because you got chicks dancing in the background back there. You know, meanwhile, you got to walk through, you know, the dark curtain to get to the <laughs> to the right side of the bar. It just it threw me off. But at the same time, still enjoying all the cheesiness of what's going on. It's the 80s. <laughs> it's the 80s. Anything goes. Um, but it's, you, you get uh, Donald coming back home, <clears throat> and his wife is like, oh, I got this brand-new microwave oven, and I'm going to cook you a meal. It's going to be ready soon. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to fucking kill this bitch. I got a sword, and I'm just going to kill her. But no, it's not a sword. It's a newspaper. I'm having a fantasy right now. But it's, she's not doing anything wrong. Like She just wants to make him healthy food because he had a heart attack. And he's just so resentful of this woman. I just, well, again, I'm sure she was a pain in the ass prior to the heart attack, too. I don't think this is anything new. That's what, you know, again, is going on here. Like, you know, her whole, like, don't don't put your feet on the couch, and he's jumping all over it. You know, a little, little <laughs> funny things like that. I love, like, okay, so again, little tiny details. This is at least what I picked up from it. The piss stain on the back of the couch. I'm gathering yeah, human that he comes, home, he comes home drunk <laughs> on a regular basis, and one of those yeah. times he just fucking missed the bathroom and just leaked on the couch, man. I can say from experience that that does happen. Yeah. Oh, and his fucking um, dirt-covered car, for some reason, is just always but, covered in dirt. But also, it's like we all have grown up in the poor parts of town, okay? And we always had that one neighbor that tried to think they were better than the rest of the neighborhood by sitting there putting the, you know, all those stupid fucking statues in the fucking yard and shit like that. You, go, you, oh, know, yeah. you, you, you know, and she's got them out there, you know, and then you go in, you know. Because she's just living in the poor side of town. She's got fucking statue of Beethoven in there. You know, one part, she's sitting there trying to make one part of the room look like it's um, French decor. You know, then it goes over and part of it's um, Asian decor. And it's like, and she's just trying so hard to, like, you know, be better than what she is. Because no, she's just sleeping? a blue collar wife. <laughs> I thought I heard it. Oh, yep, there it is. Doc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, this the, oh, the chief of oh the the chief have come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is gone. 
Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's his fucking pick. How was he asleep? It's his fucking pick. This is this is what the doc feels about his own pick. I've had multiple experiences of falling asleep while on LSD. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but with the, when he decides to go home that day, he's gonna just he's had enough. So he decides to strangle me to death and then beat her with a fucking pepper mill. It's assault, though, actually, because he throws assault behind his back. <laughs> well, that's good luck in many cultures. his wife to death. And for some oh, reason, morning. he has no recollection. <laughs> good morning, <laughs> Doc. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Yeah, the Doc is here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, post me so, death, okay. you have okay. Donald waking up, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, where's my breakfast? I need to have my breakfast. You didn't make me. My lunch isn't made." And when he opens up the microwave oven, she's just fucking standing there, clearly <laughs> the actor, just standing in the microwave with a little blood trickle out of her mouth. Like, and I was like, "Oh, it's simple Jack." <laughs> Good. I guess I killed her. Guess I gotta go to work. <laughs> yeah, but before that, can we just rewind back a bit to talk about some of the humor that was present here? Because uh, while while not funny, like when they were going for humor, it seemed like the jokes that were being written, like really, could have worked with like a like a in studio laugh track behind them when they're having that dinner meal and. When uh when she says, you know, when she she's like, you know, there are many men out there that still find me attractive and he like pauses for a minute and he goes, I don't know who they are. I didn't go to the school for the Braille or, or the school for the learn Braille or something like that. And like, yeah. like, I thought some of that shit was like, I laughed out loud. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, there's a couple of moments in this movie that made me laugh. You know, and that was one of them. You know, we talked about, you know, the, the girl picking up the gay guy. Is a wannabe Rodney Dangerfield. It feels exactly like the performance that Rodney Dangerfield gives in Natural Born Killers. Yeah, and again, he was offered this part for Donald, but he turned it down because of the money. Can't blame him, but imagine what it would have been if Rodney Dangerfield had played that character instead of uh, Jackie oh. Brown. Man, I, it, this, I, movie, this, this movie was so I'm fucking I'm guessing funny. they couldn't get Jerry Stiller either, you know, who could have also easily played the role. I don't know. Who yeah, I also, Stiller, I oh. also saw Ernest, Ber- Ernest Borgnine in that role, too. Yes, yeah, yes okay, I can see that. Even George Went, you know, I I pictured him out for some reason. Cheers, I could see him mm-hmm. playing a character like that. You know, he he has it, but it's the whole thing of, of him discovering May's body in the microwave, and he's like, no, wow, and he just goes to work and he tells his coworkers that ah, that we just decided to separate. It's cool, it happens. That bitch of a wife, and they're like, hey, cool man, cool, have yourself a hamburger. He's like, I will. I like this. It's pretty good. Pretty tasty. <laughs> it's at night when he wakes up and he decides he's going to just get everything into the freezer and get her body hacked up. And when he gets hungry and he goes in and he just grabs that one piece and he's like, mm, this is pretty good. 
pretty fucking tasty. And first of all, when he was preparing the body, when pulling out all the old food out of the freezer, he's got this chopped up body. There's blood all over his hand. Uh, he's <laughs> yep. picking up the pieces, but there's no blood anywhere. Uh, nope. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, you know, when when he knocked her head off the table and he grabs it, and he oh, there's a heads up play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's little things like that that I just wanted to forget. But yeah, it's like yeah he, again, he takes all this food all that's wrapped up in tinfoil in the freezer. All this good food, you don't even know what the fuck it is. He's like, I'm just gonna throw it all in the trash. Got to make room for the body. We got plenty of room now, mate. Got plenty of room in this freezer yeah. for you. <laughs> but when he wakes up in the middle of the night, he's just eating that hand, and then the tinfoil falls <laughs> off, and you see it's a ring hand. He's like, pretty good. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know if that would taste pretty good. Because he was just fucking gnawing at it like a dog and a fucking rawhide bone. <laughs> didn't look very good. I, nice. I can't believe they let a finger food joke slip out of their hands in that case. See, look at that. Yeah, exactly. A double pun for you. Yeah, and I, I wish that they had done something like that. But now it's, it's him kind of going into the cannibalism aspect of this movie where he's like, I, I liked her. You know, I like the taste of that. Hand, so. I'm just going to go out to hookers now. That's my thing. That's what I do now, guys. Like, I just, I go after, it's like all these women are like, sure, I'll go home with you. It's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the one sequence he has where he has the woman laying on the table, and then he puts the gigantic fucking bread over her chest. <laughs> and he just goes putting the mayonnaise all over it. It's like, oh, yes, do it. Hey, he goes <laughs> full ham. What, what hooker decided to do this? Yes, I'll let you slather me in mayo and then put a gigantic fucking piece of bread on my thing. Mm. Yeah, but his first one that he took home was DDD. All right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just you know, King DDD. So it's the whole thing of yeah. So it's you know, has he ever had sex in 3D? <laughs> you know, and you know, and and we have the thing though of you know, we start off with him having sex with them first and then he starts yeah. killing them. All right. It's you know, but he has sex with them first and then kills them, then eats them. All right. And as things progress, things start to change. But yeah, it starts off with him having the sex with them and kill them and whatnot. And I'm enjoying just the montage that is starting to happen here. Like you said, King, you know, of, <clears throat> you know, the, the giant bread and shit like that. And just hacking away, just keeps storing stuff. And he, he's getting to a point where he, he has so much food in the fridge, he's like, you know, he makes a comment about he either has to eat less or have less sex. One of the two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, I love the, the scene where he walks yeah. up to the one girl that's dressed up like the chicken. And he's like, hey, how are you doing there? <laughs> hey, you just, uh, you look pretty good there. You want to come home? And she's like, sure. And next thing, she's fucking taking off her glove. I'm like, this guy is slaying ass. He literally. Like he's just picking up everybody, and he's like, yeah, I'll go home with you, creepy fat guy. <laughs> well, we could fuck. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, well, it's because he told her it's a chicken shit job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, you just unlocked the pussy key, and you can get it. <laughs> okay, now he, he got it. Um, I love when he brings the uh, the ribs to work, and you have Roosevelt and Feldman. What do you got there? <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good. I made it myself. You know, it's uh, you know, it's good. I can't tell you the secret. Can't tell you where it comes from. They're like, well, it's pretty good, man. Like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could bring you more. I could definitely bring you more. I got plenty of it at home. <laughs> <laughs> Inviting your friends. I mean, this must have been Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie. Back when he was growing up, he's like, yep, that guy's got a good idea. 
<laughs> you know, I just, you know what? He, he's making it happen. <laughs> he's living his best life eating these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but um, his friends keep asking him to bring more and more food to work. You know, <laughs> then he's like, you know. <laughs> And then it turns like, make sure you save the dog. Bring your spouse to work. Like, day, oh, you know? don't worry, man. I will. I got just the thing for you. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, and just the one, the one, um, the one hooker that he brings home, the one that's like hitchhiking the side of the road. That's what just fucking amazed me. <laughs> this fucking movie is that she's like, yeah, sure, you can give me a ride if you want to come home with me. And she's like, sure, yeah, let's go, let's let's do it. And then she just immediately starts taking off her fucking clothes. But God, God damn it. Fucking Jackie Vernon. <laughs> <She's> just, <laughs> how? how They're you, hookers. How are you doing? You this? pay prostitutes for sex. It's a death. I didn't think she was a hooker. I thought she was just a hitchhiker. That was just like, no, I'm on the side of the road. they were all prostitutes. Every mm. single one of them. Later we hear the guy say that somebody's been knocking them off. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, that's the scene where he's watching the TV and they're talking and it just it's like cursing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this fucking thing, like you know, they have to keep trying to bleep it out, but it doesn't work. <laughs> Please bear in mind this show is for adults only. <laughs> Take minors out of the room. <laughs> now, yeah, Doc, well, what do you think point, of this? It's a bunch of horse you know, shit. <laughs> at one point, the little monster came in, and um, you know. I figured, okay, maybe, it was like during one of the safer scenes for all of like five seconds, and then there was like somebody on right. screen naked, and I'm like, yeah, get out of the room, kid. You're not. <laughs> which, one was, which one was naked? Oh, I forget which one. The ghoul. The ghoul. The ghoul was. Well, I mean, the ghoul was definitely naked in his room. No, not the kid you doof on the screen. I didn't the say the kid. I said the ghoul. Oh, I wasn't naked at the time. Don't be ridiculous. I didn't say that you were. <laughs> I meant that. Laying on the couch, fucking hanging brain, watching this movie. <laughs> Why are you naked watching this movie? I'm free, baby. I'm free. I am naked. <laughs> I mean, what else Holy do? Holy shit, I am naked. <laughs> the goal is bye-bye hole. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm just covering my bye bye hole, baby. Shit. <laughs> but we had talked about him. But we had talked about Donald having that mild heart attack, which had the, the pacemaker put in place for his. You know, then, what was the doctor's name? Dr. Wonderful? Like, yes. <laughs> the the door. Wonderful. Yeah, like, yeah, Dr. Wonderful. Was it Wonderful. Yeah, Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the smoking hot nurse. Oh, no, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, and he's getting some excess weight, but otherwise he's okay. But then, of course, you have May's sister arriving, going, Where the fuck is my sister? What did you do there, you maniac? And he's like, I'm doing anything, I'm just, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> and no, I tell you, I ain't getting no respect. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I take my wife everywhere. She finds her way home. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, it's no respect. Take my wife. No please. respect for Michael. <laughs> but the fact that he put May's head in the bag. Check yourself. Clean you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, your sister's fine. Hey, you know, uh, she's fine. She's just sleeping. 
Well, she looks a little pale. No, it's fine. You know, just, uh, you know, come out in the living room with me, and we'll talk a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm just going to choke you a little bit. Hope you don't mind. And I got this bread here. I'm going to shove it down your throat. And I'm going to put you in the closet. It ties her up, puts her in a closet, shoves a fucking loaf of Italian bread in there, and just leaves her there. Because then the thing is, does he kill her? All right, And then he's like, no. Because if I kill her, that means I have to fuck her. And then he's and then he starts gagging at the thought of fucking his, his wife's sister. Ugh, ugh, no, not her. No, not her. No, <laughs> that's why she's alive is because he can't fuck her to kill her. It's like you know, if he just you know killed her, you get away with it, fine. No, but he has to fuck her first. And he's like, no, there's no fucking way I'm fucking that bitch. No fucking fuck way. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Punch you one time with the apron for me. <laughs> and it's the fact that when she's tied up in this closet with the bread shoved in her mouth, it, it starts to get progressively more fucking moldy and rotted as the, the movie progresses. <laughs> like, it starts out fresh, but then you see a little bit get more green, and then it gets a little brown, and then it gets a little black. As this movie goes on, she's still tied up in this closet, unable to you fucking make an escape. What I wondered about the entire film and what I waited for something to finally occur with were the neighbors. <laughs> and, like, nothing oh, ever yeah. comes of, of the neighbors. Like, they just peek out the window, and she's just good-looking, and she's in the garden every now and again. But there's never a moment where they find anything. They don't discover anything. I was waiting for a twist in which, like, maybe at the end he was going to think that he was going to eat them, and they would turn out to be psychos themselves and kill him. I don't know. But, like, it never went anywhere, and we never got to see her in her full regalia. So I was no. uh, no, a little disappointed that on that. Yeah. Did they you notice when his coworkers come yeah. to come to his house at the end uh, that they have four fucking ovens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. different things. They have a souffle <laughs> yeah. oven. They have a you know each each fillet designated. Fillet What's souffle. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember what the other uh, ones. Flambe. One more. What? Flambe. Souffle. Pate. Pate. That was the one. Pate. Okay, Fabio. Um, So, yeah, the neighbors, it was a weird thing because you had the next-door neighbors and then the the blonde wife. Do you make pate in the oven? I don't think so. I think it's like raw, right? Mm. Like pate, that's kind of like raw? Dude, don't ask me. I've never – what are you saying, monkey? I was saying, as Doc, man, he's the one that does catering. <laughs> That's Doc. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never, I've never made it before. Um, I believe that it involves like simmering in water, like wrapped mm-hmm. simmered in water. But I don't think, I don't know that it goes in the oven. Yeah, I because I've always heard Doc that day. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I always thought. Yeah. Well, some kind of a duck, yeah. you know, just mm. so. I don't know, it's I, I, like I something that you it. dip crackers in, you know. That's what I always thought it was. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely something like a dip with crackers. Uh, yeah, you can I, like I just, you can cut it into thin slices, where yeah, it can be a kind of like a whipped texture that you can spread onto crackers for sure. Yeah. Oh, mm. so it's spam. <laughs> <laughs> I love spam. Don't, don't get me started on spam. So many different flavors now. <laughs> They've expanded, um, but yeah, the 
Yeah, the neighbors was always a weird thing because you had the one guy coming over at uh, the the guy from the electric company was coming over to check the power, and he's like, "Oh, coming to check the meter," and she just fucking grabs his belt and drags him in. So she's just fucking slaying <laughs> ass everywhere. She's just fucking everybody that comes to the door. And I was like, I thought she was going to be a victim. Yeah. Well, I you also had the one dude. In, you had the one dude dressed up in, in lingerie as well in the window. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. looking out the window wearing lingerie. Yeah, Donald wearing wearing a lace teddy and staring at him as he closes the curtains. <laughs> yeah, out of fucking nowhere. And then that's the same guy that I thought was coming up to the garbage can at the end of the movie. I was like, that's the same guy that was wearing the lingerie? I was like, no, that's a homeless guy. Obviously, because yeah. he looks a little uh, dirty. And he's going through the trash and taking out all the food. And then he sees the hand. He's like, that's cool. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> you scratch my balls. <laughs> I, can scratch, I can scratch my balls with it, Joey. You take that shit out. Look at that. I got myself a ball scratcher. <laughs> And then this is—it was that weird sequence too, where you have uh, Roosevelt and Philip and Donald going out in the town, where he's just liberated because now he's not only eating flesh, but his wife's dead, and <laughs> they drove to the drive-through. <laughs> and she went, "Hey, what do you want?" He's like, "I'd like to see you with your uh, top down and your uh, mouth open." And uh, <laughs> like, and I was like, "The fuck? Okay, <laughs> you know, we're having—he's having fun, smoking cigarettes, and you know." <laughs> Living the boy's life, I guess. Yeah. A scene that went fucking nowhere. Yeah. What they put in the movie. Yeah. No, but then what's even funnier though, man, is that then like when they just pull away, you know, scream out. She, she's actually there at the window with her hair up, her boobs out, lifting up her skirt while holding a coke. <laughs> like she happen? actually did the, she actually did the order. I thought that was funny as <laughs> shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, they ordered it. <laughs> you know, it, just, it was, but now you have uh, Donald, who's becoming this huge culinary hit with his friends, that he decides that he's going to cater a wrestling match. Which I wish they had just fucking made this in the time and they told us what the wrestling match was going to be. As a huge wrestling fan, I kind of wanted to know. I was like, well, this movie was made in '81, didn't come out until '83. Who was fighting that night? <laughs> what was what was the main event? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, you know, Bob we're probably Backlund talking about you know, high, high. Yeah, <laughs> definitely would have seen Bob Backlund somewhere. <laughs> Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> no, no, eighty-one. Yeah, sure. Jake the Snake wasn't around. He was, like he wasn't. He was still in the. He was still down south somewhere, I think, at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't come out to the mid eighties. This movie, like I said, was shot in mm. 81, not really till 83, so I would have loved to see the headline on that one. Maybe Ric Flair is the Four Horsemen. Woo! <laughs> 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 but he decides to cater that, and he has this new recipe called Peking Chick. <laughs> yeah, Donald, get it. <laughs> wait, 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 don't you mean Peking Duck? <laughs> no, no, Peking Chick. <laughs> get it? That's what I do. <laughs> but 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 then we sit there and get the horrible like, you know, again, like, you know, nothing nothing is sacred in this movie. And there he is, cut cut up meat on on the counter. But there's an Asian, you know, <laughs> um, an oh, Asian the, wig, the wig sitting there, and then the and then <laughs> yeah. the big and then the big round glass is sitting right there on the counter. <laughs> 
I couldn't figure that out because when he picked up that brunette hitchhiker that we were talking about, who was actually a hooker, you know, he put on the, the Japanese uh, apron and then he starts putting the fork and the knife. I'm like, what is this? What's the Jap? Like, she's not Japanese. Like, she's American, clearly. Well, isn't that where the no, came from? Japan? Huh? I'm, I'm sure it did. Yeah, probably. No, 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 because it was supposed to be um, like a, a modern electric. So it was probably, you know, back then, an American Oh, uh, But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Something, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, but you know, we, 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 no, but we had, you know, the bad Asian humor there of, you know, the wig and the glasses there while he's ch- chopping stuff up and getting ready to make Peking chick. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, fucking eighties fashion, dude. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you know, Roosevelt walking in with this fucking pink fucking newspaper boy hat. And his fashion. Oh, wow, man. Who man? man. <laughs> look styling. Look like he was. Look like he was straight out of a fucking Fat Albert cartoon, man. I would do a doobaboo. <laughs> yeah. You like school in the summertime, no class. They just let themselves into fucking Donald's house and they're like, Oh shit, he's dead of a heart attack. Oh, what's in the microwave? Oh, I'm going to be straight, man. <laughs> I kept cracking up over <laughs> Philip's reaction to it. I'm going to be straight, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Look at all those arms and all those legs in the microwave. Yeah, just laying around like beef jerky just <laughs> trying to dry out. But still, good fun. And just running out. Oh, man, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> And yeah, it just the, the whole his reaction just sold it. <laughs> They're coming over to have a good time, and of course, I mean Donald again. Like I said, he's preparing the meal, then all of a sudden he's just dead. And you're like, okay. Then you see inside of the microwave. Caution: not safe for pacemakers. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, he's had the microwave the entire time, but now we're finding out. Now he had a pacemaker, so not ah, safe to be around yep. it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> How ironic. Don't you think? Don't you think? Well, too ironic. Ah. <laughs> it's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. <laughs> it's like when you meet Play the man in your dreams and have his beautiful wife. Uh, like a wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, that's what Alanis Morissette saw. <laughs> it's a good advice. When you've already paid, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that's more said inspiration. She saw Microwave Massacre and she was like, I love the irony. I got a song in this somewhere. <laughs> well, I've heard that album well, the, way too many times, the, the, man. Well, you know, they, you know, were, actually, this possibly could have worked, though, because. Because this movie came out in 83, Alanis Morissette was on uh, You Can't Do That on Television about the same time as Dave Coulier was trying to bang her when he was on his own show on Nickelodeon. Crap, I can't remember the name of it, though. But it was the one where he, was, he came up with the cut it out phrase. <laughs> cut it out. 
<laughs> Shut up, Ingolier. You're not funny. Stop trying to do it. I hated him when I was a kid, and I hated him now. I was never a Dave Goulier fan. I was always John Samos on that show. <laughs> I was like, this guy sucks. I hate Uncle Joey. Oh, Stop trying to be funny, that, man. You're failing. Oh, John Samos, <laughs> that sexy Grecian god that never fucking ages. That motherfucker. No. <laughs> that fucking guy. Have mercy. He's like, goddamn right, have mercy. You fucking ageless <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you still look good. But yeah, no, it's sad. What was that song that she wrote about him back in the day? Well, I can't remember that song and she came out back in the 90s about Dave Coulier. Who? Uh, Alanis Morissette. Like she wrote this song about Dave Coulier. And it was like a fucking, like the, the anthem for girls back in the day, back in the 90s. You ought to know. Yeah, there it is. Was it about, it wasn't about Dave Coulier. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was, dude. When she yeah, says, you want to know, would she, is, she, is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a the theater? She was talking about Dave Coulier. Yep. I, thought she, I always that heard she was talking about somebody else. No, no, that part of that song, she was talking about Dave Coulier. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he had more than that woodchuck from Full House. Gross. Everybody loves Mr. Woodchuck. Yeah. <laughs> Do you got any wood? Yeah, apparently... No, fuck you. Get out of here. Get out of here, cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, We're apparently in the eighties in the eighties in Canada. In the eighties. Yeah, age of consent was apparently thirteen. <laughs> Dave Coulier that's just hanging outside of high schools like fucking Mastigani and Days of Confused. Yeah. Hey, you guys of age yet? Would you like to go and take a ride in my car? Get some poutine, eh? Get out of here, Dave Coulier. Stop hanging out in front of the high school. It's okay. I got full house coming up, so it's good. <laughs> oh, he, take me away for a while. Oh, he's going to be syndicated. It's all right. Never mind. <laughs> Let him through. Let him through. <laughs> oh, he's a part he's of the CGIF lineup? He's fine. <laughs> He's with the Urkel, the Urkel guy. And Bobby World, he's fine. Oh, did I? <laughs> no, he's totally cool. And meanwhile, Urkel's in the backseat. Did I do that? <laughs> Urkel, you fucking pussy magnet. Thank God that you're here with me. Anytime, Dave. High five. <laughs> All right, but we're going to wrap up the movie now. <laughs> the TGIF van. <laughs> Just singing ABC TJF and rolling up the high schools on Friday. Oh my god, is that Urkel? Is that Uncle Joey? Hell yeah. You guys want to go for a ride? Hell yes, we do. We love you. Where's Corey from Bobby's World? He's not on this bus. He's too young. He doesn't understand. And, that, and that's one and that's one to grow on. <laughs> but we gotta close out this movie. <laughs> So that's, Before that's we do that, that, there's just one thing yeah. that needs to be that I feel needs to be talked about that uh, you know can't be overlooked. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. I had recently been talking about this subject with the ghoul. Uh, the 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 soundtrack uh, for this film uh, is an absolutely spectacular collection of uh, what is known as library music. Uh, ghoul, mm-hmm. we had recently been talking about you're wanting to get into the world of vinyl records. And I had said how vinyl records and being into vinyl records has turned me on to all different kinds of 
music that I don't listen to other that you can listen to otherwise, but I have never listened to otherwise. And one of those is what's called library music. Uh, you know, there's a famous studio called KPM Music, uh, which is a, a record company from London, uh, who over the years, going back to the 60s, has recorded over 30,000 different tracks with professional studio musicians uh, in the realm of uh, funk and soul and jazz and avant-garde stuff, uh, specifically for use uh, to be licensed out to be used in uh, television, in film, in radio, uh, different types of media. Um, it's been, and that's what it's called. It's called library music. And, uh, you know, this film made a, a tremendous use of library music. And uh, there are many record companies that have put out tremendous uh, collections of library music, uh, compilation collections that just sound absolutely fantastic on, on vinyl. So uh, that's one of the things that I for sure enjoyed here. There was a, a, a wonderful, a wonderful soundtrack of library music in this moment. That's the original Night of the Living Dead. They used all library music to make that soundtrack. So yeah, that's on there. Yeah, that's been used in a lot of different movies, the uh, the library tracks from the Night of the Living Dead. But yeah, as, as the monkey was saying, close out this movie, you now have the house up for sale and you have repairmen walking through and looking at that microwave and all the wires and going, oh man, this would be deadly for a guy with a pacemaker. Like, yeah, you got that yeah. right, Bob. And then you cut through I mean, the fridge. But that's the thing. It There's a up. fucking sticker inside the microwave that says <laughs> yeah. that it's not good for people. With, like, I feel like this was a case in which maybe there were two alternate cuts of this ending and mm, realized which they didn't realize which one they used, so they ended up using both. <laughs> that could be. I don't know. I mean, there might be. But it's just yeah, they had shown that, and then he just decided to use it anyway. But yeah, they're talking about how it could just be the deadly for somebody with a pacemaker. And then you go to the fridge in the garage, it opens up miraculously to show the head of the wife in the fridge, May, and then her eyes turn yellow, or orange, rather, and then that's the movie, where they have crazy credits, guys. Wacky! Like, you know, hey, we're gonna go lay chef and all this. Nope. Yeah, I don't like the credits. So, I usually cut it off when that happens. But it's the fact that the one guy goes into the closet and the sister's still there. She's still tied up. Still has the bread shoved in her mouth. And then he's just like, oh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> you know, does she come with the house, guys? Is she part of it, or is, is she like a victim in this? That's okay. <laughs> it's just never brought up in this ending credits nope. of, of her being let out. So it, it's fun. Like uh, micro massacre, I, that's so much fun with it. It's just you know, it's funny. It's the, 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 the little glowing eye thing that happens at the end. It, in a lot of ways, reminds me of the end of Friday the 13th Part 2. Yes. Not mm-hmm. only because it's what doesn't happen that I always expect it to happen. Like, at the end of that film, whenever they do that close-up on Mrs. Voorhees' head, I'm always expecting the eyes to open or them to glow or something like that. And there have been times where I kind of remembered that happening. I almost wonder if maybe I've yeah. seen the end of this at some other time, and that's why I always think that whenever I see it. Well, Steve Miner in Friday the 13th Part 2, which came out in 81, the same uh, same year this movie was filmed, they did film a sequence at the end where the eyes opened up, and it just didn't work. They just thought it looked too stupid, you know, and they just decided to do the still shot, where you think they're going to open, and they don't, and that's where the credits roll. 
So it was filmed, just never really kind of made sense. That's why they decided to go with just the eyes closed on this is where he's head uh, when that movie closes out. Mm. Um, but again, Microwave Massacre, it's fun. You know, it's 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 a good just popcorn, no, throw it on with a bunch of friends. I enjoy it. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I have fun with it. Um, yeah, Doc, seriously, thank you for picking this. Um, I hope you at least had fun watching this, Doc. Oh, I absolutely had fun watching this. I'm not saying that I like okay. it, but I certainly had fun. <laughs> so, uh, so as we close out the show, because uh, I do have one thing I want to talk about before we close out. Uh, so next week it is my pick. Uh, this is one that I've wanted to bring up on the show before, but now it's accessible for the ghoul and for the doc. It's a movie called. Are we Flash. going there? Yeah. That came out last year, 2019, directed by Joe Bagos, <laughs> who directed almost uh, Human. And also The Mind's Eye, which is two fantastic films. So we're going to go Bliss, uh, 2019, which I, I hope Alexa? you guys enjoy. <laughs> no, not Alexa. Just go Bliss. <laughs> and you'll find out why it's called Bliss when you see the movie. Going for, um, going 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 four, way, four way on Alexa. <laughs> and I know that, like I said, the doc and the ghoul, you have access to Shutter. You can watch it. Uh, and I know that the monkey will be able to find it. So next week we're going to be talking about some Bliss. So that's for next week. So – as we close out tonight, I wanted to say real quick, the Rondo Hatton Awards are happening, which happens every year where they nominate best podcast, best website, best horror book, movie, uh, actresses, actors. That's going on right now. So if you go on to the Talking Terror page on Facebook, you'll find a link where you can vote until the end of March at midnight. March 29th, I believe, is the last time that you can vote. So if you take a second out of your time and vote Talking Terror, as best multimedia. That's the podcast and website category. We'd really appreciate it, and we hope we make it in this year. Even if we don't, we just appreciate your participation. The Rondo Hatton Awards, vote Talking Terror. So that's my little bit. Yeah. Yes, you can. Even though we are not part of the technical ballot, there is a part where you can sit there and write in your own vote. So make sure you scroll all the way down to the bottom, put an X down there, and then write in. Talking Terror, because we are in a write-in vote this year, baby, and we got this shit. <laughs> Just like last year. And big thanks to Dustin over at Horror and Sons, who always tries to help us out with that write-in vote of Talking Terror. He always has our back. Every year Rondo had, and he's always like, I voted. And I was like, good. I voted for you too, man. So, hopefully one of these years will make it in. So, uh, Mucky, thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to you having me here back next week for Bliss. Absolutely. And I'm the monkey saying thank thank you for listening tonight, everyone. And let me come in your ear. And as well, Doc, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for Microwave Massacre. It was a fun one. We nuked it. We talked about it. And hopefully we'll see you back here next week for Bliss. Yes. Excellent. So, <laughs> Ghoul, the, the plug of the night, do you have it? Love is in the air. Love is in the air, everybody. Okay, you missed out. No glove, no love. See what happened, man. You didn't go to Bonfire Beats Design. You didn't get your girl any kind of jewelry. Now you might not get any pussy. But you know what? St. Patty's Day (laughs) is coming, and there's a lot of drinking that goes on. So why not get something from Bonfire Beat Designs, go out, have a couple drinks, and then try to get laid at the end of the night? Or at least throw up on her, something fun like that. Um, But go go to Etsy. It's all one word, Bonfire Beat Designs. Pop it in the search, and uh, and that's where you'll find it. She's got all kinds of handcrafted jewelry going there. Thank you. All right. And that catchphrase that you always close out on. 
Stay scared. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Staying scared, people. So keep America strong. Love horror movies. Keep watching horror movies. Hail Satan. Hail Odorous. And we'll see you back here next week for Bliss, directed by Joe Bezos. See you next time, folks.